Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's an honor, delight to be here with Rabbi Yitzchak Marmerstein, Evan Shaish, Rabbi Evan Shaish, who is a passionate student of the teachings of Rabbi Avraham Yitzchak HaKohen Cook, who lived from 1865 to 1935. As you know, we named our son Mayor Lev Cook, so he could be MLK in the memory of Rabbi hmm. uh, Cook. And is do, he's doing pioneering work in bringing Rabbi Cook to the public through classes and lectures, creative musicals and dramatic presentations. He's the Gabbai at Beit HaRav Cook and the chairman of Or La Raya, an organization dedicated to sharing Rav Cook's multi-layered and universal illuminations with the world. Rav, Rav Evan Shaish, thank you for taking time to talk. Thank you, and it's really great to be here, and Baruch Hashem for these possibilities of reaching everywhere in the world with the lights. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So where are you? Where is the room? Where is the building you're in right now? I'm right now in the room that is the uh, the research room, the documentation room in Rav Cook's home, Beit Rav Cook in downtown Jerusalem, that was built for Rav Cook as the residence for the chief rabbi in 1923. He lived here from 1923 until 1935. And from here was born the entire. Uh, Rav Cook revolution Torah coming out in all its different ways. It had its primary uh, particular focuses in that time, but there was a small group of students around him here. And, and this is really where, where things started to, to take form and come out into the world. It's an extraordinary place and everybody's invited to visit downtown Jerusalem. Beautiful, beautiful. So how, how did you first get into Rav Cook? Um, well, my personal history in a nutshell is that I'm a child or only child of Holocaust survivors. I was born in Israel in 1951 and uh, my parents had gone through the Holocaust and it recently got into Israel in 1948. And uh, as I was growing up, I was uh, aware that some great darkness had happened in the world. A tremendous, tremendous darkness, and I started to question and wonder for myself. Well, where's the light? I, I you know, I'd like to respond to it by 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 seeing and, sh and sh bringing light into the world. And um, I got into a serious Torah study, and this was 1980. I was teaching in a Jewish high school in Winnipeg, and I got this book. Not exactly this one, but just like this one. It's a Paulus Press edition of Abraham Isaac Cook's writing. And I sat down one day and just opened it up and I started to read. And as I started to read, I felt that I'd stepped into a larger understanding. It, it really felt, I, almost, I could feel it like as a hush, as a sense that I'm in a larger understanding now. This is a larger uh, headspace 
and it's a larger uh, presentation of reality and it's a larger understanding and explanation of reality than I'd ever tasted or, or, or studied before and, and I've been basically reading it ever since. Beautiful, beautiful. So you started to touch on this, um, but what is it that you think makes Rav Cook so special as a personality and thinker? Well, the, in a nutshell, who he represents historically is the, the sort of the, the summation link of, of the sages, especially the last 2,000 years of the, 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 the leaders we've had since our exile from Israel 2,000 years ago, we've had uh, just, you know, Yehuda Anasi putting together the Mishnah, Sadia Gon, the first book of, of philosophy, the Rambam and Ramban, who all came to Israel in the 1100s and the 1200s. And then you had Isaac Luria and Sfat, and then you had the Ramchal, Balshento, Vilna Gon, and they carried the tradition of the Torah understanding through the 2000 year of exile. Rav Kook represents the one who received all those teachings and brought them to Israel and, 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 and broadened, integrated them. And, and, you know, the whole Ashkenaz, he integrated all the various streams and presents them in a cohesive uh, Torah Israel. It's an expression of the Torah of Israel that is, um, while it's completely rooted in the whole history of Torah, it's also giving expression to the future Torah. Now that we're in Israel, the, the Torah is going to unfold to come to its fulfillment, and he gives that expression. So he's taking the Torah much further than anybody else has, and it's really the Torah that it, this is the Torah of Mashiach ben David. And, and the, the Vilna Gaon, the big inside secret is the Vilna Gaon brought us the, the Torah of Mashiach ben Yosef, and Rav Kook is the, is the Torah of Mashiach ben David. And as such, it represents the most, uh, the most expanded explanation of Torah that we've ever had. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. So is there, is there a particular passage that you feel like highlights the message most clearly or that guides your daily life most? I know there's so well, much there, but is there something that is really gives you chizuk? Well, the, the one, look, if, if, I, if I can only share one with people, then I, I share, uh, I end up sharing two, <laughs> because it's, a, it's an erotic thing, they're, they're right beside each other, page by page, and where Ralph Cook says that great souls can't dissociate themselves from the most universal concerns. All they desire and aspire is for the universal good, universal in its comprehensiveness, universal in its full width, height, and depth. And he continues with that. So that's the understanding is that the Torah the Torah of Israel is, is focused in about universal tikkun olam and not less than that. And, and so that's a, a, an operating principle that Rav Kook is, that the Torah is here for the universal purpose. Mm -hmm. And then the piece, if there's one piece that, that uh, is probably Shir Merubah, the fourfold song, 
that he's is sort of a prose poem, but it's based on a section of Zohar where it says that God's name, Yudke Bavke, is a fourfold song. Yud Yudke, Yudke Vav, Yudke Bavke, a simple song, a twofold song, a threefold song, a fourfold song. It's the unfolding of the four letters of God's name, and it ends up being a, a total of ten. The unfolding, so it's also a metaphor for how creation came to be. To, to filled out into the 10 Sfirot. And that's in the Zohar called Shir Merubah. Rav Kook took that and he expanded it one step. He explained it for our times. And the reason I like this piece is because this is a very, uh, what, is it to, what does it mean to be part of Israel? Is, 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 the, is in a way what he's, what he's explaining here. And he says that each human being is living simultaneously on four, having four experiences. And I'll just summarize what he says here, right? That's what I, let me summarize the, the piece, just the headlines of it. But he says that, Yeshu Shar Shirat Nafsho, there's the person who sings the song of their own selves and in themselves they find everything. And then he says, Yeshu Shar Shirat there's the one who sings the song of his nation. He goes beyond his private identity, finding it not idealistic. And he reaches further and he joins with and he joins all of Israel and he sings all his songs with them and is concerned for Israel's well-being and, 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 and delights in her hopes and her growth. But then he says there is that aspect, and it's also an, an aspect of each of our own identity and, and experience. Then there's that part of us that we go further and we expand beyond the boundary of Israel, Adam, to sing the song of all humankind. And then all our concerns are the, the human well-being of everybody on the planet. And then he takes it even further and he says there's a level in which our soul rises and we unite with all existence, with all creatures, with all worlds, and with all of them, we sing their song. And then he says there's a harmonization, all these songs higher and higher joining together. And then he brings it to its conclusion. And he says, Shirat HaNefesh, the song of ourselves, Shirat HaUmah, the song of our people, Shirat Adam, the song of humankind, Shirat Olam, the song of, of the existence, all joined together. And this full comprehensiveness rises to be Shirat Kodesh, Shirat El, Shirat Israel. This is the, the song of Israel. And then he completes it by saying, Israel, Israel is a Shir El, is a, is a song of God. A shir pashut, shir kaful, shir meshulash, shir merubah, a simple twofold, threefold, fourfold song. Shir hashirim, asher l'shlomo, lemelech, shahashalom shalom. It is the song of songs of Solomon, whom with is shalom. And, and that's how he concludes it. And he's basically telling us here that to be Israel, we have to be equally involved in every level of existence. Okay, great. So this is, this is such a beautiful message. And I wonder, like, how does this, this is not just about the text for Rav Kook, not just about the Zohar. It's not just phenomenologically, uh, phenomenological. This is life. This is reality. So how does, how does, how does Rav Kook work go beyond the text? 
whether you're talking about that that in particular, like he means that's about that's about Israel, that's about the Jewish soul, that's about life. So, like, how does how, how does he go beyond the text in his thinking? Well, he really gives in in his extensive writings very strong. Um, direction as well as understanding of what human growth uh, is about and how human beings need to grow in all areas of life. So his writings are, are, are really were written as, uh, they're not for the text, they're really meant to be applied. And the, the more we apply his teachings, the more we'll grow as human beings. Mm -hmm. and, he, and they're really, it's in all areas of life that they relate to. Beautiful, beautiful. So, um, uh, so I wonder, like, how how are his how, how would you say Rav Kook's are particularly relevant to the Jewish people today? What is happening in Israel? What is happening in diaspora that um, Rav Kook would, you know, so to speak, scream from his grave that he, if he was here today, he would he would really um, want to make his ideas particularly poignant. Well, that we have to learn as Israel and as humankind to be our individual uh, original beings and everybody else is their own beings and we can learn to live together. Differences does not mean competition, does not mean hatred. And, and, and there's a tremendous, his main thing is that we need to learn how to, how to live together in all the different uh, groupings of humankind. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So, um, tell me about Rob Cook's poetry. You know, um, and what's your what's your what's your engagement with that, and what's kind of the nature of, of his poetic writings? Well, you know, as I got more and more involved in in his in his uh, writings, I I also started to to read some of his poetry and realized he had a he has a collection of it's hard to number, but it would be maybe 50, 60 poems altogether. And most of his writings are poetic in every case. And it, I came to understand that when he was in his atzilut, in his highest spiritual experience, it would come forth as poetry. And so his poetry actually contains the, 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 the crystallization and the song of all his Torahs he put in his poetry. So they're extraordinary. And may I share you a piece of one with yeah, you? Please. So this one is, um, and I'll do a little bit in Hebrew, but I, I suppose mostly English in order for the people, right? Is that? Great. Okay, but it says like this. And the way I always press, this is, this is what the world will look like once we get it together. I'll start in the Hebrew and go into English. Me'olam rachok shmashot sham kayam. From a distant world full of illuminations, the suns there are as broad as the ocean. The stars are like the light of our sun on the face of this sapphire stone there. The news reaches me like dew, full of the delight of heaven, guiding me to the hidden Eden. There the treasure is stored. All the faces there are joyful. Every mouth is singing songs of praise. The highest feelings fill each heart and all our legs are dancing in jubilation. The past and the future are scrolled as one. Nothing is hidden. Everything is known. Every soul is full of love for all, feelings for the multitudes, and the light is sown, the ors are ruah. 
all the pasts flow like rivers, illumination, strength, purity and light, life renewed, freedom and liberation fills all our thoughts and activities. And without guides, without guides, teachers, judges, or politicians, everything is good. Everything is clear. There's no crookedness. There's no corruption. And the night, everything is with integrity. And the night shines like the day. To a world such as this, my soul aspires. In life such as this, my spirit soars. Le'olam zeh nafshi sho'efet. Mecha'im ke'ele ruchi merachefet. Shkoyach, shkoyach. Beautiful, beautiful. My soul will hear its song. Very nice, very nice. Holy Hebra, make sure next time you're in the holy city Yerushalayim to stop by the Beit of Cook. Learn some Torah with uh, Rabbi Yitzchak, Marmerstein, Evan Shaish. Thank you for taking this time and wishing you so much bracha and hatzlacha. Take good care, holy brother, and everybody out there.